You're listening to Hello Vancouver. I'm your host, Temple Lentz. Thanks for joining us. On today's show, I'm speaking with Vancouver Police Chief James McIlvain. When we met and recorded this interview, we actually talked for about 40-45 minutes about a number of different topics. And since this show is only a half an hour, I'm not able to use all of it. So I'm actually taking that conversation and splitting it into two. I'll bring back other parts of our conversation for a later show. For today's show, we're focusing largely on homelessness, how the Vancouver Police Department interacts with the homeless population in Vancouver, and also how they help navigate the friction between the homeless population and those with homes and how to navigate that difference where it is not a crime to be homeless, but how do you also help make this a community that serves all of us, including the folks who do want to be able to go out and enjoy their community. It's an, it's a tricky balance and it's an interesting conversation and uh, we'll bring it to you here in just a moment. And then at a later date, we'll talk about other things with Vancouver Police Chief James McElvain. I am sitting now in the office of Vancouver Police Chief James McIlvain. James, well, for, may I call you James? Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, thank you for, for having me in today and talking with us. My pleasure. So we are just, uh, we are recording in the early September of 2017, and it seems like there is something new and terrible uh, happening almost every day these days. We've just uh, gotten through the, hopefully the worst part of the Eagle Creek fires, uh, there are other uh, storms coming on the East Coast. We've had uh, Charlottesville happened a few weeks ago. It just seemed like a good time to check in with the cops and see what's going on. So since I just mentioned the, uh, the storms and the fires, a question that I had, we've seen a lot of first responders out dealing with fire and uh, emergency services. Have the fires affected the Vancouver police at all? Nothing um, beyond just being impacted by the smoke mm-hmm. in, in the area. Uh, so, gratefully, the fires haven't haven't reached Clark County, City of Vancouver. Uh, but we're always prepared to help out uh, other agencies when they call for mutual aid. Uh, we haven't received any, any of those requests for mutual aid, but we would be more than happy to send resources if, if they're requested. I know that a few days ago, when uh, the fire got as far as Skamania and they and and East Washougal was looking at possibly having to evacuate, this got a whole lot more real for folks who are used to living kind of in the in, you know closer into the city, where evacuating for a fire isn't something that um, we 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 do. <laughs> you know, this isn't Central Oregon where it happens every year. Yeah. Uh, what what would an evacuation look like here? I. I presume there's a plan because we have people paid to do those things. What what would that mean? And what would the what would the police department's involvement in that be? I, I would probably describe it as uh, somewhat structured chaos. <laughs> Fair. Um, you know, typically you you look for uh, folks to voluntarily evacuate, um, and then as areas become uh, impacted then you would have fire, law enforcement, uh, other services coming together to uh, coordinate that effort. Typically, fire departments are busy combating the the fire, Um, and then law enforcement is used for traffic control and helping go house to house to evacuate. Is this something that you've even really paid much attention to because it's not something we would normally have to do? 
Um, at, at a great distance, yeah. uh, probably from the 50,000 foot level. And, you know, in large part, we, we are, we, we live in an area, like you were saying uh, earlier, that we really typically don't get impacted like that. Um, how we get impacted are, you know, by de- distant relatives, friends that may live in some of these Im- impacted areas um, and, and watching it with the rest of the world on news. Um, so gratefully, we don't we don't face those circumstances on any regular basis. But there are processes in in place. Um, you know, we, we would utilize Cressa. We would utilize our internal resources mm-hmm. uh, to coordinate for those events. Uh, I'd love to say that we have resources in place that are just standing at the ready um, to go tackle these things. The The reality is we have resources that are constantly just being impacted by day-to-day activity. Um, so we don't train to the level that we would like to or um, hopefully one day get to. Uh, so the training is more tabletop exercises or putting together manuals um, on dealing with those things. That said, what are some of the primary issues or areas that the VPD is focusing on, is dealing with on a day-to-day basis? What are the issues in Vancouver? Um, so I would say one that in- impacts the our, our community at a higher level that people are paying attention to, um, that gets a lot of attention, is our homeless population. Mm -hmm. Um, Oftentimes people experience uh, homeless people either near their businesses or in front of their businesses or in our our public areas. You know, one of the greatest areas in Vancouver is Esther Short Park. A lot of people like to go to Esther Short Park. It's a beautiful park. Um, They like to bring their kids and families there. to, to partake of the amenities there. Um, and then they also come face to face with the reality that we have a homeless population in, in the city of Vancouver. And um, there's no law against being homeless. Uh, there's no law against, you know, how much possessions you can carry with you, cart with you. Um, and so it, it becomes essentially a, a, an eyesore to a certain degree and um, so people come to a beautiful park expecting to um, be able to relax for a sunny afternoon and you know you come up against people that are in a homeless situation Um, so a lot of people are um, taken back by that and the the first response is well what are the police doing about this and we, we have a very limited role in, in addressing homelessness. Um, as this became a, a more topical uh, issue to address within our community a few years ago, I, I took the stance that homelessness isn't a police problem, it's a social problem. Uh, while we, the police department, have a role to play in this, um, it's a very thin slice of the pie. Uh, so other folks have to come to the table at the same time and provide uh, actual solutions to people in their situation of being homeless. 
And typically those people will find themselves dealing with mental health issues, substance abuse issues, combinations of those things, unfortunate circumstances uh, based on uh, employment opportunities, housing opportunities. So as all those things come together, there's not one simple solution to address them. Um, and then at the same time, those individuals also have to be at a place in their life to say, I want help, mm -hmm. because people don't have to accept help. So it's a very complex situation that oftentimes gets laid at the feet of law enforcement to address because we work 24-7, uh, we answer all calls for service, and uh, when people are addressing an issue, it's easy to call 911. That's how our system is set up, and the expectation is somebody will show up and that somebody tends to be law enforcement. Um, with that said, there, there are good things, I think, on the horizon. Um, we're working uh, collectively with other city services, um, local county uh, social services, and looking for an opportunity to provide a place where people that find themselves in this circumstance to go to at least during the day and then eventually sheltering for in the evening. Um, Big problem, uh, a lot of people have their attention spent on this, and um, we tend to be a culture, a community that has great expectation for easy solutions that are right now. And we, we tend to look for what is the right solution, and it may take a little bit of time, and it might be messy in, in between, but um, the outcome that we're looking for is really a compassionate response to get the services at that level that, that the people can um, actually utilize. So a couple of weeks ago, the Vancouver City Council was talking about uh, allowed times for camping outside. And I'm, I was hoping you could maybe explain to me a little bit about that. I know that we're talking about policy, but it, it does affect law enforcement because law enforcement enforces the laws. So... Uh, Vancouver was talking about it having having rules where you could be sleeping outside in, in public areas for a specific amount of time, and there was a, a desire to, on, on the part of some folks coming before council, to increase those hours. Now, something that confused me was if you, if, if it's not a crime to be homeless, how, what exactly is it that is, that is the law and what's being enforced there? What's, can, can you explain that to me? So I'll, I'll do my best. Okay. Um, so prior to uh, council in, enacting a, a revision to the ordinance, um, essentially camping at any time uh, would would be unlawful. Mm -hmm. um, acknowledging the fact that um, it's natural for people to sleep, um, our bodies need that that at some point in time, people have to have that opportunity so that they get their rest. And so um, having an ordinance that says camping at any time is illegal um, is unreasonable. And so what they enacted was um, an ordinance that allowed um, a period of time for people to actually camp. So they, they could set up for themselves in whatever form an ability to, to sleep 
in the public area. Um, the question then becomes, uh, what are the what are the the correct amount of time for that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, off the top of my head, I don't remember when the start time is, but the end time is six thirty in the morning. And so the 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 question becomes, can we extend that? Um, you know, because uh, daylight savings time changes as we go into the winter months. You have a shorter day. Can we allow people an earlier time to set up their camping and a later time to break down their camping? Um, you know, it, so that's a policy uh, question mm-hmm, to be answered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, James has his own personal opinion, just like we all do. Um, but I re- rely upon those people that are elected to establish what our policies are or legislate um, what those mm-hmm. laws are going to be. And then um, we have the responsibility of then enforcing those. How does that interact with, and I'm, I'm not entire, I'm not very familiar with this, but how does that interact with uh, the, the, isn't there a federal, a, like a DOJ case about if we don't have a place for uh people who need a place to stay, who want a place to stay to stay, then they have to be allowed to camp. How does that inter- how does this local ordinance intersect with that federal? So the, the DOJ case that you talk about is really what prompted the ordinance change, mm-hmm. um, recognizing that, um, in, in you were very articulate about it, that, that um, the case looked at uh, people have to have a place to be able to rest, and, and if that's not available, then they should be allowed to do that in the the public domain. Um, so our prior ordinance um, made it illegal anytime. Ah, and so that had to be done away with. And so the, the council took that into consideration and changed it to allow a period of time um, at night to be able to camp. So on an enforcement level, how much is VPD enforcing that ordinance? Is it something that is actively top of mind? Are there folks going out at 630 to say, all right, time to get out? Uh, so, you know, it, it's one of those um, things that I call it as a uh, rock in the hard place. Mm-hmm. It's a pinch point for us that um, while in... I guess the grand scheme of things, when you look at law enforcement, um, people extending their camping time uh, is kind of a lower priority. That said, um, it's that activity is then impeding upon people of opening their businesses or being able to, you know, enjoy their own, you know, exposure to the the, the public domain. Um, and so we end up getting frequent calls about the activity. Um, so, you know, I, I, I would acknowledge that someone that has extended that camping time and they're, um, you know, in a wooded area that's not, you know, in, in the eyesight of, of the public, um, they're probably not being addressed to the same uh, degree that you see in our downtown area, where you have people that um, tend to camp near the, uh, the the public library, now near City Hall, um, Bank of America. In those areas, um, 
that early morning hour, people are starting to come to work. And um, I, I guess, quite frankly, find it a little bit unnerving or startling that, you know, you come to the front door of your business and there's somebody sleeping there yeah. um, that you might not have expected to be there. And so we tend to get uh, calls for service to address those. Um, so, yes, on, on a daily basis, um, officers that work in primarily our downtown area will address those issues. In addition, there's a team of not just VPD officers, but to include people from code enforcement, public works, um, Department of Corrections, uh, some of our social services that on a regular basis, and by regular basis it's every so many days, they will um, start paying attention to what are the current trends and then go out and do, uh, in, in my terms, mini cleanups. Mm -hmm. So they're out there, you know, trying to um, identify the, the individual's needs, um, trying to shift them in the right direction, and then at the same time addressing the unlawful camping. If and you uh, make a very a, a good point that we should remember that uh, that police department that law enforcement is about law enforcement and there are many other uh, branches and areas and policy is one and public works is another and social services uh, and I think it's it is it, it's a difficult thing to try to balance compassion with um, also meeting the needs of other citizens who are fortunate enough to have homes and have businesses and trying to balance that. Um, something that uh, we heard a lot when folks were coming before council and, and alternating, alternately advocating and complaining, um, uh, some downtown business folks are being impacted by a lot of the camping that is happening, like you were saying, indoors and things like that. And I am getting the impression from talking to people who are working in the industry and that for the most part, this is a small handful, that some of these problem areas are a small handful of the people we're talking about, that a lot of folks are camping out in forested areas, are not, don't want to be bothered and so aren't bothering others. If somebody uh, who's downtown, say, and comes across a, you know, a mess that they feel shouldn't be their responsibility to clean up or something that they don't like, but it's not an emergency, it's not necessarily a cops issue, where should they go? Like, who should they call? That's a good question. So it, if it's their property, mm -hmm. they own the responsibility of the cleanup. Um, so it's it's not like, you know, so I own yeah. know, the, the Bank of America building downtown, whoever owns that. Um, and then, you know, so people leave trash behind that they, you know, call City Hall and say, someone needs to come clean up our, yeah. our trash. It's So that's got to be a tricky uh, a tricky conversation to have, because if someone who isn't supposed to be there in the first place leaves a big mess that then a business owner uh, has to deal with, I can see why that would create some anger. Sure. And, and you know, so while, while I, I'm sharing that the, the property owner has some responsibility there, um, the, the city is trying to be proactive about addressing those issues so mm -hmm. it mitigates it. Um, and then when, when this team that I just talked about um, goes out, part of the responsibility is to address the trash that's being left behind. So um, 
we're, we're trying to do our part yeah. of, of this. Um, at, at the same time, it's not just the city's, you right? Know, the the, the gov- city government's responsibility. And this does speak to the need to take a multi-pronged approach that this isn't, there isn't, like you would say, we're saying earlier, there is no simple solution to a very complex problem for the most, usually (laughs) there's no easy button to push. (laughs) I've looked for that easy button (laughs) and it doesn't exist. Um, and it, and it's unfortunate in, you know, uh, a few minutes ago you, you were used the word compassion. Um, so from, um, the interaction that I've had with our folks that are constantly addressing the, these issues, um, I, I'm, I'm amazed at, at the compassion that they bring to it. Um, anything from uh, the direction that we get through city law to the officers that are addressing it to our partners in, in the community addressing it, while, you know, some people get a little bit passionate about the fact that, you know, this this is a negative impact um, in their in their community. Um, the lion's share um, come at this with great compassion. Mm-hmm. I would say one of the largest frustrations that um, I've experienced is what's the solution? You know, so um, it, it's the, the whack-a-mole game, Right. You, you're you're just you know hitting it as it, it pops up, um, but it never goes away. And so I, I think that that's that level of frustration that we probably saw at city council, um, the community expressing its concern. Um, you know, it's equally frustrating to the police department and others that that are directed to address it um, because we. We don't want to just push a problem. We actually want to solve that problem. And um, some of those solutions are a little bit long, longer term, and they might be pricey to mm-hmm. some level. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, with that said, you know, we as a community have to decide what do we value, and then where are we going to put our resources to address what we, we value. So are there any initiatives or efforts that you have as sort of a long-range goal for the department? So you're doing the day-to-day. You're dealing with just keeping the community safe on a day-to-day basis, occasionally handling special events. Is there any sort of ongoing longer-term work that, you're, that you have as a, as a goal for the department? Sure. Um, so last year we spent about nine months with a community resource team. Um, so members from the community, businesses, social services, education, city council came together and um, we, we addressed what is the staffing for the Vancouver Police Department going uh, now and up to the year 2020. Um, with that, the, uh, that committee came back to council with a recommendation that they resource the police department with the staffing that we were looking for so that we can bring back some programs that went away at at the time of the recession um, so that we can introduce new programs to essentially bridge the gap of resources to expectations from our community. So what were some of the programs that went away that uh, haven't come back? So um, one one of them was our Property Crimes Investigations Unit. Mm -hmm. That's coming back. It'll be... um, Matter of fact, it will start up again in January. 
we also greatly downsized our traffic unit. Um, at one point, I think we had about 14, 15 uh, sworn officers working in our traffic unit. That dropped down to three. Oh, wow. And um, we're at five and going to go up to about seven uh, here shortly. Um, so we're slowly bringing those things back. Um, so e even looking out further than 2020, uh, we acknowledge that uh, we're in the forever business. Um, and so we shouldn't be just looking at what are we doing in 2017 or, or even 2020. We should be looking out what, what does the Vancouver Police Department look like? What, what services are we providing? Um, now we're starting to look out to what does 2030 look like? And I can tell you, you know, um, as we sit today, um, we're almost at capacity with our facilities. By the time we hit 2020 and the staffing that we have projected, um, we will be at and beyond our capacity. And so then when you start to look out past 2020, you start to say, what are we doing with facilities? Um, Right now we work out of multiple facilities. We have a headquarters, two precincts. We have offsite satellite uh, units for detectives. We have uh, a property and evidence uh, facility that's even in a different location. Um, so the conversation and really the analysis that needs to take place is where, where are we growing to a, as a city in, into the future? And is there an opportunity that we consolidate everything? Um, or do we continue down the path that we're on with more facilities? Um, I, I'll tell you, internally, it's culturally challenging um, to have a, a department that has so many different facilities that people work out of um, versus bringing this family together under one roof. Um, I think that it would be healthier to some level to do that. But, you know, so those are big projects mm -hmm. that we're constantly working through. Well, Chief James McElvain, thank you so much for taking some time and sharing what's going on with the VPD. Absolutely. My pleasure. And that's our show. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Temple Lentz, and this has been Hello Vancouver. If you'd like to find out more about our live stage shows, you can go to hellovancouver.us and see videos from past performances. Also, please don't miss our upcoming September 20th show at Warehouse 23 in Vancouver, Washington at 7 p.m. Tickets are available online at hellovancouver.us. Hello Vancouver is produced by High Five Media. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time.